Our first scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke. Listen for what God has for you this morning. And he, Jesus, said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me, the door has already been locked. My children are already in bed with me, I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. And so I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, who are sinners, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Our Old Testament reading is from Genesis actually just following from the one last week. It says, so the men turned from where they were. These men were the ones that um, Abraham uh, gave hospitality to last week. And they went towards Sodom. Now Sodom was not being about what God was about. And while Abraham remained standing before the Lord, then Abraham came near and said, God, will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Will then you sweep away the place and not forgive it? What about the 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Is that how you work, God? Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And the Lord said, Okay, if, if I find at Sodom 50 righteous in the city, which I don't think are there, I will forgive the whole place for their sake. And Abraham answered, uh, Let me take it upon myself to speak to the Lord. I, I who am but dust and ashes... Suppose five of those 50 are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five? God says, okay, I won't destroy the city if I find 45 who are there, but they aren't there. And, and, um, and Abraham said, well, what about 40? And what about 30? And what about 20? And then in verse 32, oh, don't let the Lord be angry if I speak just once more, but suppose ten are found there. And God answered, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. And the Lord went his way when he had finished speaking to Abraham. And Abraham returned to his place. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Temple Grandin was diagnosed with brain damage at age four when she had not yet begun to speak. The year was 1951. Her mother was told that she should institutionalize Temple because there would be no place in this world for her. When Temple was a teenager, her mom came across a autism checklist and Temple's symptoms matched completely. She wasn't actually diagnosed until she was an adult, however. But can you imagine with obstacles both interior, internal, and socially, the, the barriers to her still temple today is a public speaker. She is a professor of animal science at Colorado State University, an author, an advocate for autism, and in 2010 she was named on Time Magazine's most top 100 most influential people in the world. Now how can that be that someone with all of this stacked up against them could accomplish so much? Three words. Risk in relationship. People risked in relationship with her. Her mom, unconditional love, she stuck with her the entire time trying to help her open doors to become successful and find her place. Her science teacher at the boarding school for kids with behavioral problems, William Carlock was his name and he worked for NASA prior to this. He saw in Temple her gifted mind and the barriers to her being able to use it. He honored her, he challenged her, he advocated for her, and he made a place for her. And ultimately, by helping Temple see barriers as doors, she thought in pictures, she would picture a door, that he helped Temple get the tools to make her own self safe place in a world that was not safe for her. We all need a safe place. Now, if you think that that's overstated, it's because you have one. And you likely got it when you were a little child and you never knew any different. But we all need a safe place and love makes that place for people. So today's two scriptures, I believe, speak to Temple's experience of risking in relationship and to ours. Take the Old Testament. Boy, that Abraham, now he was bold, wasn't he? Stepping out of his place as child of God and, and stepping into the place of advisor or friend and he said, no, God, don't do it. Don't wipe out this, don't wipe out this town just because, because uh, of what they're doing. But what if there are righteous people? Aren't you a just God? Don't forget, that's who you said you are. There may be righteous people in there, and you wouldn't kill them, would you? You wouldn't wipe out the whole thing, would you? 
How presumptuous. Who is Abraham to presume that he could hold God accountable to who God is? Isn't that God's business? Well, I've heard a lot of sermons. I've read a lot of material on this passage. And and almost all of them talk about how it is about how we can change God's mind through prayer. And I don't think that's what it's about. I don't think it's about us gaining somehow, gaining power over God to do what we want. I think it's about relationship, about trust. Because Abraham and God had a relationship that would bear Abraham stepping out of his place and challenging God. And, it, and God welcomed the challenge. But in the end, I'll read it again, verse 33, the Lord went his way when he had finished speaking to Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. Sometimes we presume with God, like Abraham, Job presumed, right? You remember he challenged God after it just got to be unbearable. The psalmists are challenging God all the time. You know, where did you go? Why are you hiding your face from me? James and John, whew, they sort of challenged Jesus. They wanted to sit on his right and left hand. Peter said, no, don't go to Jerusalem. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. But he still stayed in relationship with him because love bears changing in place. We pretty much have to return to our place ultimately. Well, I wonder in the history of our country how much of our nation's policy has actually been influenced by first ladies. Uh, because love makes a place, right? I mean, I read how Laura Bush, uh, sitting at the table with, with her husband, George W., number 43, um, and the heads of state, he'd start going off on, on a, a, a tangent, and she just would put her hand on his knee. <laughs> the unspoken message is, you don't want to say that, dear. Now, who can tell the most powerful man in the world what he can do and what he can't do? Love makes a place. And when we've been loved, when we've had a place made for us, then we can begin to risk in relationship to make a place for ourselves and a place for others. Now, Temple Grandin knew about making a place for herself. After all, she was a woman with autism, and she broke into a man's industry. How? (laughs) Because she found that ultimately she and only she could make a safe place for herself. Plus, she was worth it. Plus, the cows were worth it. Yes, cows. So her work and her compassion, her ability to identify with cows, revolutionized the industry. 
she made it more humane. And so there was less loss, and so there was more money. By putting herself in the hooves of cows, Temple knew how the cows felt when they were pushed and prodded and felt unsafe. They got frantic and they had anxious mooing and she, she could hear that and she, and she could see the fearful shadows in the chutes and, and she could feel their need to have sure footing when they went down into that trough, the, the dipping water. She understood why they went into circles. They were wanting to get back to where they had been safe. So now with her design, her redesign of stockyards, they are no longer inhumane or torturous. More than half of the stockyards across the world have her designs. She says animals are not things. They're property, but they're not things. You have to treat them right. All this because love had made a place for her. Taught her to make a place for herself so she could make a place for cows. Now in our New Testament reading, the hearers of Jesus' parable know that guy that, who was, found himself in trouble, high and dry in the middle of the night, without anything to give this sojourner who showed up, uh, it was a Jew. And the Jews knew this guy's pain because they'd been there. And so they knew that he would run to the neighbor and knock on the neighbor's door and say, Help, help, who is it? It's me, Josiah, and my cousin. I mean, he just showed up. How could I know he was coming? I have no bread. Oh, are you kidding? Go away. We're all asleep. Bam, 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 bam. No, really, really, he's famished, and I need your help. And the friend, even though he didn't want to get up, because the guy was going to wake up the whole household, got up and gave him what he needed. Now, immediately before this passage in Luke, Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray. Lord's Prayer, right? Immediately before. So, pay attention. Jesus is saying, pray. This is how you pray. And be persistent. Keep knocking. It's a relationship. It's a friendship. Be persistent in this. And know that a friend doesn't always get up and answer. Sometimes God is silent. Doesn't mean he's not a friend. Persist. Keep after it. Well, Temple Grandin knew about persistence. <laughs> to get into those stockyards, first she was turned away. So she traded in her car and got a big old truck that was already dirt smeared. She got some cow hand clothes and rolled in the dirt, put on a hat, and drove right through. She, to get someone to sign off on her master's project, research project, the boss wouldn't do it. And she kept after it until the number two guy says, you know, I'm the one who signs everything around here. He can't read or write. To counter the bullying 
catch that term, bullying, uh, when the cowhands smeared bull testicles all over her window, trying to scare her away, she said, are you kidding me? I've eaten these before. And she flung them off and turned on her windshield wipers and went about her business. The next day, when she came across the No woman, Women Allowed sign, she got a friend who had a, a magazine, and he got a press pass and just walked right in. She again and again and again, knocking, 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 persistently bucking the system that said there is no place for you. The key to her success, having been loved, having had a place made, is that she visualized barriers as doors. And she said, I know doors. I've been through doors. And she would just keep knocking until she could get through it. I wonder if persistence in prayer, knocking and knocking and knocking, is actually more about forming us and our relationship with God than getting what we want. You know, Jesus told the disciples and the Jews there, you know, if you, if you ask for an egg, God isn't going to give you a scorpion. But he also might not give you the egg you asked for. What, he, what they did say, what he did say is that if you ask for God, he will give you himself. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I think it's about relationship. Now it's interesting that in each of these stories that are about risking in relationship, oh Abraham, you know, it's, it's always about the other. For Abraham it was about the righteous here. But do you get that it's also a little bit about self. God, can I trust you? I'm righteous. Are you going to wipe me out? So you go to bat for those you identify with. So for Abe, it was the righteous man. For, for the Jew, it was the famished friend who had been traveling. He knew about that. For Temple, Grannon, it was cows. She knew what it was like to be a cow. And then soon it was others with autism. Jesus paints a picture in this parable of God as friend. Prayer is a conversation between friends. It's relationship. And as we risk in persisting in relationship, love makes a place for us to persevere, to presume, to, to flounder, to fail, to grow, to trust. Having had a place made for us, we know what it is to be safe and we desire to learn how to make a safe place for ourselves and with others. Sort of like love your neighbor as yourself. Well, for Temple, 
who really did not have a safe place in her mom's arms because, you know, the sensitivity to touch was too great, so she could not be held. Can you imagine the pain of that mom? You won't be surprised, but Mr. Carlock helped her get past this barrier and open a door. He helped her make a hugging machine. It was modeled after the cattle squeeze box that presses in on them and they feel calm. Do you see? She had become worth loving herself. Worth hugging. And she could control it. Now she has those hugging machines for other autistic kids and adults. Love makes a place, and then we can make a place for self and others. So as Canyon Creek begins risking in relationship more than ever before, we need to know about risking persistence, especially for the other. By the way, Temple doesn't have to use that hug machine anymore. She, um, it broke about 40 years after she designed it. She said, I never fixed it. She said, I'm into hugging people now. May the same be true for us. Amen.